Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello! Welcome to another edition of the Delicious Legacy Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to take you to a trip around Greece to taste a variety of um, unusual and unknown Greek cheeses. This, I freshly made it to a thread on Twitter, but um, I found that um, it was quite difficult to follow it and find it. And um, I think as a reference and as a guide to Greece and to her cheeses, a podcast will be ideal. I'd like to remind all the listeners that you can find The Delicious Legacy on Acast, iTunes, TuneIn and Pocket Casts. Please subscribe to keep updated with new episodes as well as other surprises. I'd like to add that I've created a Patreon page where you can subscribe and help me run this podcast. Your support can give me the opportunity to add more quality content for you in the form of recipes, images, videos and related articles. If you have enjoyed the episode so far, please consider heading to patreon.com forward slash The Delicious Legacy or Google it, uh, type Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N and the name of the podcast, The Delicious Legacy, and you'll find how you can help me run this podcast. So, let's start. Let's begin from the Peloponnesus or the Peloponnese Peninsula in southern Greece for our cheese journey. In some respects, this is where Greece begins. The first Hellenic civilizations in the mainland Greece originated here. The Cyclopean fortresses and fortress cities like Mycenae, Tyrrhines, and administrative centers like Pylos, and of course the legendary Sparta. These are all here. Land of myths and history in equal parts. In Peloponnesus, we also find the ancient Olympia, where the Olympic Games originated and united the Greeks every four years and continued to do so for about 1,000 years since their inception. Mountainous and hard landscape and hard people too. For me, it reminded me a little bit of the far west of uh, our childhood uh, movies. Stubborn, independent people who aren't afraid to take the law in their hands. Perhaps this is seen too in their diet. Ascetic in one sense, simple, 
wild in another, as in wild herbs and wild greens, and of course rural with a sense of hardship, especially in the landscape around money. Most of the dairy products made here, indeed, are similar to what you find all over Greece. But I want to talk about two cheeses, one that I had never heard of before, called Zalaka, and one that I want so much to taste again after all these years. This is Svela, or Feta of the Fire, which sounds a lot more poetic, don't you agree? Zalaka is found in the southeast mountain villages between Sparta and Monevasia. It is a soft, white goat's milk cheese, preserved goat skins, not unlike the Lumotiri of the northeastern Aegean. By the way, um, to Lumotiri, it will be one of the cheeses we're going to see later on from that area of Greece. So Zalaka is difficult to find and is procured mainly by befriending a local shepherd who makes it. I've never encountered it, never tasted it, and by simple Google search, it doesn't seem to exist. I will put my trust, though, to the formidable and enthusiastic cook and author Diana Kohilas, who she mentions this local cheese amongst uh, the other tasty treasures. Now, regarding Svela, Svela was a very popular cheese in southern Peloponnese in the olden days. This is a semi-hard brine cheese and, of course, a relative to feta. The two cheeses differ, however, in, uh, in two main ways. One, the production technique. So the curd is reheated, which gives a produce with lower moisture percentage, which isn't happening with feta. And two, in their personality. The character of Svela is more piquant and intense. It is a PDO cheese since 1996, and as such, can all be produced from sheep and goat's milk that have been raised in the Messenia and Laconia areas of southern Peloponnese only. Its official name is derived from the way it is cut, Svela meaning strip in the local dialect, and it is cut after being drained in a cloth and before maturing in brine for at least three months. The aromas, reminiscent of sheep's milk and butter, with an aftertaste that lingers in one's mouth for some time after eating it. Slightly off-white, semi-hard and salty, with a tangy kick, Svela can be enjoyed fresh in a salad or on a piece of bread, but is also excellent when fried in a breadcrumb crust. Let's move on and let's go to the Ionian Islands, in the western part of Greece. So these islands are um, called also Eptanisa and uh, they're the closest ones to Italy. And today we're going to see one of the cheeses from there called La Dograviera Zakinthu from uh, Zakinthos, the island also called Zante. As, the, uh, as its name suggests, this is a typical Graviera style cheese which is uh, steeped in olive oil and is a specialty of uh, Zakynthos. Once made, it is left to mature for about two weeks until it develops a slight rind. Then it is placed in large barrels filled with local olive oil. It has a pleasantly sharp taste and a nice toothsome texture. 
let's now cross the sea from Sakynthos and go to Sterea Elada, another part of Greece where we'll see another cheese. This one is called Klotsotiri, which literally means kick cheese. Its name supposedly comes from the stunned face one makes upon eating too much of it. In order to snap out of the stupor of overeating, you have to be kicked. <laughs> Klotsotiri is made by boiling the whey, essentially buttermilk, which is left over from the production of butter. Klotsotiri is used to make zimaropita, a savory pie, filoless, made with zucchini, cornmeal, and of course the cheese. Let's go a bit north, northwest now, to the place called Epirus, another uh, mountainous, rugged, isolated landscape in the northern parts of Greece uh, towards the borders with Albania. Here um, we have tradition upon tradition of uh, cheese making. Literally the people there were shepherds for years, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And yeah, they have lots of uh, different delicious cheeses, but the one I want to talk about now is uh, galotiri, which means milk cheese. And galotiri is a soft, creamy and beautifully sour cheese. It is one of the many naturally fermented sheep's milk cheeses, which uh, they're made without starter or rennet, uh, by first boiling the milk to about... Um, 176 Fahrenheit and leaving it to sour and thicken on its own. It is made in late summer. Traditionally, Galotiri was fermented and stored in goat skins, but nowadays it is kept in jugs. Like so many of these soft, pungent cheeses, one finds Galotiri as readily in Thessaly and Rumeli as in Epirus. Thessaly and Rumeli, they're the two other south central south uh, parts of uh, Greece. Rumeli is Steria Elada, as I mentioned earlier. Another, another interesting cheese from Epirus is Manuri, which is one of the oldest whey cheeses made in the Mediterranean and very similar to ricotta salata. Manuri is dense and creamy, the color of alabaster, and uh, shaped in large compact loaves. It is rich and sweet and is excellent as a dessert cheese, drizzled with honey, or served with poached fruits. Manuri is made from sheep's whey or a combination of sheep's and goat's milk whey, enriched with whole milk or cream. The cheese is lightly salted and very well drained to achieve its characteristic compact texture. It is not unique to Epirus, rather it is made all over the north from Thessaly onward. But some of the best Manuri comes from Epirus and produced uh, from the way left after making the hard yellow cheese called Kefalograviera. Now let's um, move a little bit to the east and we move exactly to the center of Greece in the region called Thessaly. And Thessaly is, uh, is the breadbasket of Greece. Uh, and alongside that, of course, it has as well beautiful and rugged mountains too and many, many shepherds. Uh, the cheese we're going to see is called Chalafuti, and this is a soft, pungent, naturally fermented sheep's milk cheese made in August when the milk is rich and the mercury is high. The milk is boiled and then left to rest for a few days until it ferments and thickens naturally. 
Chalafuti is often made over several months with more and more milk added to the early batches. It is a separate scream cheese and eaten as such, spread on bread and savoured as snack. Now let's go a bit north to Macedonia, to the Greek Macedonia, and talk about anevato. Anevato is a salmon-coloured spreadable cheese which belongs to the long list of soft, fiery, fermented Greek cheeses. Anevato is an Appalachian goat's milk cheese, specifically from the western Macedonia, around Revena and Kozani. It is used in some local pies and is also eaten as a table cheese. From there, let's uh, jump a little bit and go to northeastern Aegean and the islands of uh, Lesbos and Limnos and talk about uh, Tulumotiri. Now, to the uninitiated, the site of a 160-odd pound old goat skin, um, spread belly side up and inside out, and burgeoning with chunks of soft white cheese, is startling at best. It is a site one is likely to encounter in village shops in Lesbos and Samos, although the cheese is still made pretty much throughout the Aegean. Soft, Grainy, pungent lumotiri is named for the goat skin to lumi in which it is stored. It is one of the oldest and rarest cheeses in Greece. It varies in color from chalk white to pinkish, which is usually a sign that the cheese is exceptionally sharp. The skin has to be cured before the cheese is stored in it. Firstly, it is salted heavily then folded and weighted down for about two weeks. Next, it's washed and shaven, the feet tied together and the bag turned inside out, so that the hairy part is on the inside, which apparently keeps the skin from sweating, which would spoil the cheese by not allowing it to dry. The secret to placing the feta-like chunks of cheese inside the bag is that they have to fill the skin without leaving an empty space between the pieces. Sometimes soft mizithra is added to the bag to help infill the spaces. A whole filled skin weighs about 160 pounds. Most lumotiri ages for at least three months. And this cheese, my friends, is fantastic. Staying in the same region, let's talk about Melipasto, which is surely one of the most unique cheeses in Greece and hails from the island of Limnos. It is a combination of sheep's and goat's milk cheese, which is lightly salted, then dried in the sun for 10 days or so, and then brushed with seawater, which supposedly imparts a sweetness to it. And this is let to mature for one to three months. Okay, let's move to Cyclades, the world-famous touristy region with Mykonos, Sandorini, Milos, and so on and so on. Um, the cheese I'm going to see here is called Kefalicio Spilias Milu. Before we get into that, let's listen to our fellow podcaster, Ancient History Hound, telling us about his podcast about ancient Rome and Greece. Are you interested in ancient history and the occasional pun? If so, Ancient History Hound is for you. Hi, my name's Neil, and I'm the host of Ancient History Hound, a podcast which covers a range of topics across ancient Greece and Rome. Whether you're someone new to it all or a seasoned veteran, I've got you covered. Find Ancient History Hound wherever you get your podcasts from. 
Alternatively, visit my website, ancientblogger.com, or find me on Twitter at ancientblogger. Kefalisio Spilias Milu. This is another one of the many artisanal cheeses produced uh, for eons by small cheese makers throughout the Cyclades. It is essentially kefalotiri, a hard and yellow cheese that is rubbed with a master pulp left over from pressing olives for oil and then kept in clay jugs. This cheese takes on a dark, almost sticky exterior as a result, which is generally cleaned before eating. It is excellent as both a hard table cheese and a delicious grating cheese. The cheese is almost always aged for at least six months, and sometimes for upward of a year. Now let's go southeast and to the islands of the Decanese. Here we'll find um, Kokinotiri or Krasotiri, which the name translates uh, either as red cheese or wine cheese, respectively. Because the cheese, like the Yilomeno and Manura of the Cyclades, is steeped in the lees as a way to preserve it. In the Decanese, Krasotiri is a specialty of course, Nisiros and Leros. It is usually drained in long cylindrical baskets, which give it its characteristic cloth-like shape. Traditionally, Krasotiri is almost always a goat's milk cheese. But in Kos, where it is also made and sold commercially by several large local producers, cow's milk is also used. Once set and drained, the cheese is sun-dried, then placed in a brine for about a week. After that, the cheese is sun-dried again for several days and finally steeped in another unusual brine, boiled vinegar and salt, or a combination of boiled wine, vinegar and salt. It acquires a deep brick-colored exterior as it steeps, but the color doesn't exactly come from the boiled wine or the wine and vinegar mix. It comes from a handful of sea-washed pieces of pine bark that are boiled along with the wine mixture and they impart a deep red color. The cheese is delicious, and of all the wine-steeped cheeses in Greece, the Krasotiri has the most pronounced winey flavor. The commercial variety tends to be uniform and semi-hard. But if you stumble upon the artisanally made cheese, it will be quite different. Smaller and harder and more strongly flavored. In Kos, the island of Kefalos, on the far end of the island, far away from the capital of the island, is the place to go looking for the real thing. Let's go to the southernmost island of Greece, Crete, and also the biggest island of Greece, and um, a place that has so much history and, of course, such amazing produce. Uh, We're not going to talk about olive oil, we're not going to talk about the classic feta cheese, but we're going to see a cheese called uh, Tirozuli. This is a primitive goat's or sheep's milk cheese, still made in the mountain villages above Rethymno. Uh, especially in the vicinity of Milopotamo. The milk is boiled, then curdled with vinegar, lemon juice or figs up. Once the curds are formed, they are drained in baskets, then lightly salted and the cheese is subsequently air-dried. It is eaten young. The locals consider it ready after about two weeks. Sometimes the cheese is stored in either milk or oil rubbed with olive oil to keep the dust off as it dries. Let's go up up north in the region of Thrace, 
but not in the mainland, to, into the island of Samothraki, a magical mountainous forested island. There, Xirotiri is a traditional cheese. Xirotiri is aged for eight to nine months and made from sheep's and goat's milk. The animals are fed by the rich flora of the island. There are more than 100 aromatic plants, and they drink seawater, hence the very special taste of the milk. This is, a, is an extreme revelation. Small um, heads with uh, intense aromas of, um, of uh, mature kefalotiri cheese, but softer. It has uh, grains and the texture and the taste that they are uh, prolonged. The color is um, clean yellow, which gets darker at the edges, going on all the way towards light brown. And we'll find it as the only cheesemaker of the island called Panagiotis Papanicolaou. I would like here to mention another cheese called Kefalograviera. It was inevitable. Having the old traditional salty hard cheese called Kefalotiri and the newish kid on the block, the import from the European artisan cheesemakers called Graviera, um, or as we know it in English, Gruyere, with a milder, sweeter taste, some clever Greek cheese producers combined the two and created a new cheese in the 60s called Kefalograviera, or actually create a new cheese falling in between these two above, at least in terms of texture. And hence, Kefalograviera is actually a PDO product since the mid-90s, and it's a very popular hard yellow cheese, some of the best of which comes from Crete and Epirus. It has become one of the most important ones commercially. Kefalograviera is distinguished by its firm texture and by the air holes spread throughout its body. In flavor, it ranges from mild to medium. While elsewhere in Greece, it is made with a combination of cow's milk and sheep's milk, in Crete, it is almost exclusively made with sheep's milk. It is sold in wheels or wedges and is easily identified by its firm texture with light brown rind. It's a great cheese for saganaki, which is a fried cheese slice in olive oil, and then served with a squeeze of lemon as a perfect appetizer meze, which you share in tavernas all over the country, alongside with some local chipuro. And um, here I'm going to mention the Graviera Agrafon, which is a beautiful cheese the Greek Gruyere-style cheese from uh, made in the Agrafa Mountains, which is um, an extension of the of Pindus of the Pindus mountain range, which is in the borders between Thessaly, uh, Steria Elada, and Epirus. So Agrafa's Graviera is a bit harder and whiter than the one of Crete or Naxos. It is made exclusively in the high altitude villages of the mountains. Other than that, it's made pretty much the same way. The flavor of this graviera is sweet, and aficionados say that all the aromas of the local mountain flora are captured within it. And now I'm mentioning the graviera of Naxos and Crete. Uh, well, let's talk about the Naxos, and let's um, revisit a cheese called Arsenico. Arsenico, it's, it literally translates as masculine cheese, because at least this is the local uh, lore, the cheese is hard and tastes very good. Arsenico is essentially a hard yellow table or grating cheese 
what most of the rest of Greece would call or classify as Kefalograviera. In Naxos, on the, on, the, on the island of Naxos, it is made from a combination of roast sheep and goat's milk. And the best is said to be made from the milk from the first morning milking, which is heated, then set with rennet. The mass is then cut, the curds collected, then left to drain in two to four kilo basket molds from which it takes its final shape. Once it has drained sufficiently and the curds hold together, the cheese is dipped in whey again, rubbed with salt, and left to mature outside the baskets for at least 60 days. Although the best is at least six months old. Arsenico is both a wonderful table cheese and grating cheese, and it is easy to cook with too, especially good as an ingredient in savory pies. The Last Barrel Fetas. This is an extract from the book uh, The Glorious Foods of Greece by Diane Kohilas, where she talks about um, how they're making feta in um, Peloponnesus. Everything is damp and moist at Takilanga's feta factory in ancient Mandinia, a cool mountain plateau in the center of Peloponnesus. The strange, thick, sweet and sour smell of fermenting milk permeates the whole place. Hoses snake across the wet cement floors, carrying milk and whey. Salt cracks under your feet as you walk around. In the front yard, balls of whey cheese, mizithra, are strung from red and green ribbons and dangle like Christmas ornaments from the rafters. On the ground, barrels are everywhere. Some empty, piled pyramid-style outside, some new, been washed down with whey, some in use, filled with feta at various stages of maturity. The Peloponnesus is the main producer of barrel-aged fetas in Greece. And Langa's place is the real thing. One of the last small, family-run, traditional cheese factories left in the region. There are about 800 all over Greece. The number may seem vast, but these factories are a dying breed, choked more and more by European Union regulations and ever prey to the vagaries of the market. Here, during the production season, from December to mid-June, Langas's 250 annual tons of feta are handmade by a wiry, unshaven cheesemaster named Gerasimos Theodoratos. His 50 years' experience is worth more than any single piece of machinery. Theodoratos learned the cheese craft from his father and grandfather on his native island, Kefalonia, which is where most of Greece's all-time empirically trained feta meisters come from. It was noon when I arrived, and the date's production cycle was well underway. The four tons, or so, of sheep's and goat's milk that Mr. Langas buys from the 63 shepherds he works with had already arrived hours earlier. It had long been checked for safety, skimmed slightly, heated, pasteurized, and cooled through a radiator-like contraption. By midday, the milk was already in the three enormous vats in the center of the feta room. You couldn't tell by looking, it seemed so deceptively still, but the milk was in the midst of ferocious activity. Every few minutes, Theodoratos ran his arm and the thermometer through each vat. The temperature has to remain steady, somewhere between 35 and 38 Celsius. It is a delicate balance, he says. One degree off and you ruin the cheese, he explained. 
Next, he took a slotted cup and scooped up big crystal salt that he first rinsed in a barrel of water. I can't tell you how much I had. I just know by looking, he said. But Mr. Langas interrupted. It's about four kilos for the vat, for 1,500 kilos of milk. Theodoratos had already added the rennet and starter necessary for it to set. The rest was up to nature and skill. It would take about 45 minutes to be transformed into a pasta, a substance thick and white like yogurt, about as tenuously solid as a jello, but afloat in deep yellow liquid, the whey. This pasta is bland and warm and feels strange on the tongue. The curds have to be cut at this stage. So Theodoratos took a long stainless steel paddle-like frame outfitted with rows of wire evenly spaced about an inch apart and ran it horizontally then vertically through each vat forming a grid. If you want very firm cheese you coagulate the milk at at a slightly higher temperature and you cut the curds very small. If you want soft feta you do the opposite lower the temperature, bigger curds. Moving across the room he reached for another tool. This one a long wooded oar docked with several large holes with which he stirred up the curds. Finally, he ran his hands through all the pasta, breaking up the mass from the bottom to make sure that the curds were indeed small. As the cheese set, he weighted down the thickened curds in each vat with as many as could fit of the round slotted molds that the feta would eventually be shaped in. Then he pumped out the green gold whey and the volume in each vat dropped by half. He filled the molds with the pasta, patting each down and distributing the curds evenly, so that each filled to exactly the same height. If the pasta is too hard, it won't drain properly. He salted every mold, then, about an hour later, flipped them, salted them again, and using a special cutter, divided each wheel into three triangular wedges which he put carefully back into the molds in exactly the same position. The curds are flipped and salted by hand three times over the course of the day. By morning, the cheese is solid enough to be placed for the first time in the barrel. The first barreling is called lanza in Greek. The feta is placed in five salted layers in the barrel, which holds 50 kilos or about 110 pounds of cheese. There it remains unsealed for three to five days, depending on the weather. Then it is removed, washed down with brine, and placed in other barrels, whose interiors are first wrapped with soft mizithra to keep the cheese from acquiring the taste of wood. There the feta will stay from anywhere from two weeks to 40 days, depending on the temperature, to ferment, mature, and execute its own brine. Finally, it is refrigerated for a minimum, by Greek law, of two months before it can be sold. To feta aficionados, there is no comparison between artisanal barrel-aged feta and the tinned feta produced in huge automated factories. Wood breathes and the barrel can be hermetically sealed. So the skill of the cheese master determines the quality of the final product. While all this happening, In the next room, the whey has been put into other uses. In different vats, it has been heated, then strained in cheesecloth, 
destined to become those dangling balls of Mizithra. It was also being used, steaming hot, to hose down new barrels as a protective measure that helps the feta from later developing unwelcome bacteria. In the meanwhile, neighbor farmers had lined up tins and demijohns to be filled with whey that they buy and mix with flour to use as natural hog feed. And so the cycle goes on. As I watched the whole process, I kept thinking about what Theodoratos told me on my way out. Isn't it amazing? A few hours ago, all this was just milk. Cheese making to the uninitiated is alchemy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, take care and please um, become a patron on Patreon uh, to support me and also to get um, a lot of extra, extra writing and um, recipes and um, knowledge about ancient foods. I've been Thomas Dinas and this was the Delicious Legacy Podcast. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.